2: JD Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times and the Burlington County Times in New Jersey.
1: And I'm Phil John Ficarra, columnist for The Intelligencer and the Burlington County Times.
2: There you go, Phil. Mention Burlington. We got to make it. We yeah. love our Jersey people. We love Burlington. It's really yes, a we do to, to get a column or two. Our topic today, the detrumpification of a MAGA man. Dean Malick was one of Donald Trump's biggest boosters in Bucks County. He is a Marine who did a tour in Iraq and in the Horn of Africa. Um, He became after that, uh, he became a Bucks County prosecutor and then went into private practice. I met him in 2009 when he was running for Congress in the Republican primary as a Tea Party guy. And then he ran again in the Republican primary in 2018 uh, against Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, He was uh, the MAGA man. Uh, He was a a big Trump supporter as a a large chunk of Republicans in in Bucks County were and still are. Uh, He is a conservative, a Tea Party and, uh, and went to supporting Trump. He is still a Republican, still a conservative. But now he sees Donald Trump as an authoritarian and is parting ways with MAGA. So, Dean... Welcome. Um, tell us why uh, you have uh, you've turned against uh, the former president after being a, a huge supporter of his.
0: Well, uh, J.D. and Phil, thanks for having me. I don't think I've turned against the president. Um, I, I always supported the president. Like a lot of people did during his four years in office because I felt there were legitimate fact based policy reasons for doing it. Um, I've always considered myself a constitutional conservative, and that means I favor limited government, lower taxes, enforcing our immigration laws, having a strong national defense um, and um, conserving that, which in our society is worth conserving, rather than simply pressing for change in all areas. And I've also been very strongly against redistributional economics um, and any type of attempt to radically reorder our our social structure and our society. So those things I I think define me as a conservative. Um, And I always found that President Trump's platform during his four years um, actually supported those values and that's why I supported him. Um, And there were fruits from from his policies that were positive. It was good for our economy um, and um, I saw reasons to support him. And I always defended him against accusations by um, opponents uh, whether they were Democrats or even within the Republican Party, that he was either racist or that he was a bigot or that he was um, not, you know, not good for this country. Um, but it all kind of changed after the election. And I don't feel that I turned on President Trump at all. I feel though he turned on me and a lot of people who were constitutionalists. Um, I thought that when he decided to dispute the results of the election, it was such an unusual year with the lockdowns and COVID and the new uh, mail-in voting process. I thought that disputing the results through court filings was perfectly fair play, and I supported that. Um, But where Trump started to lose me was there were really several inflection points here. Um, The first one was when he started having adjudications going against him by many judges that he had been appointed, including the United States Supreme Court, which consists of three justices that he himself appointed and had confirmed. And he refused to respect the adjudications of the court, and he instilled in his supporters a lack of respect for the verdicts of the court. Um, that was one. In
2: yeah, he, he basically was the, uh, he was a constitutionalist uh, Right. Dean. Uh, and that's what uh, a lot of his supporters liked, including me. Uh, I don't believe that in most cases, the Constitution is a living, breathing document, because then you can just change it, you know, like silly putty. You can mold right. it into any form you want. And he was a guy who said, you know, words mean what they mean. And he had right. a lot of brilliant uh, jurists on his side. I mean, you, you didn't have to like Trump, but the people that that he consulted with uh, were. Surely, uh, brilliant people. Amy Payne Barrett is, is among them. You know, I know right. Bill would agree with that. But um, well, you know, you, you, he wasn't constitutionalist. But but then, what happened, dude? I mean, what 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 was what what happened to him? Well, he, let me, did he did the mask fall, Dean? And and uh, and he wasn't that at all. He was just you know, playing a role. Let me,
1: Dean. Let me just let me just say this. You JD said you know word He said Trump said words matter. But words matter until. They don't until they conflict with his agenda. You right. know, uh, you know, the Supreme Court had words. There's this was not a fixed election. Those are words. They matter, except they did not jive with what Trump wanted to do up and down the line. Words mattered to him until they didn't jive with what he wanted. Um, you know, Dean, I wanted to ask you, you know, you were on our podcast back in March um, and, uh, you know, you, you were you were a big supporter of the, the president. But if you'd watched the president over the last few years, you saw his violent bent. It was this this anger with with you know with people who didn't agree with him. It wasn't just disagreements. Um, So I think you know, to some of us, we saw maybe not the insurrection coming, but we saw this coming. We saw this this authoritarianism. uh, It's a naked authoritarianism, really, um, coming from the president. So I'll ask you as a supporter of his, maybe until now, because you said he disappointed you, um, did, do you feel duped by him?
0: I, I think that um, that's a complicated question. I mean, every Republican basically, mo- well, the vast majority of Republicans that I do supported President Trump. Um, and we, we had reason to believe that um, we could overlook the negative of of his character um, in favor of the positive things that we saw, you know there's a saying great men have great laws and I think we many of us believe that about President Trump that he was doing good things for this country that we believed with that we that we supported and we believed in from uh, simply from an ideological standpoint, but we overlooked those negative things that you're talking about. It certainly casts a new light on um, on the past four years, though. Um, but I think in a sense something inside of Trump changed. Now, I don't really know Trump personally. Um, Trump is a leader in business. And when you're a businessman and you're successful, it behooves you to never admit defeat. to fight your way off your back in every single situation. Um, but a democracy requires that you have to have the ability to concede and move on. And so what might have stood him in good stead as a business leader became very problematic in the outco- in the aftermath of the election. But I just wanted to say, going back to my original point, um, when he expressed disparagement of the of the court, including judges and justices that he appointed, to me, that constituted the, uh, basically alienating his own supporters from the very rule of law. Because at the end of the day, I've been a criminal prosecutor, I've been a civil litigator, and I've been a defense attorney. I, you don't always agree with the verdicts of the court, but you must respect those, those verdicts because that is you- the... Firewall. For so it was a personality flaw, Dean. You
2: think it was that? That's what it was. It wasn't Wasn't really anything about politics or power. It was. It was about things didn't go his way, and and he's a sore loser. It, I, I it, mean, loser in
0: American history, maybe. You could you could make the argument that it was really just a uh, a gut reaction to a, a bad outcome that he didn't like and he didn't want to accept, and it wasn't calculated. Um, right. But he. Over the course of four years, he he has developed such a strong following that um, people, I mean, really, it, it became almost cult-like. And that was another thing I said there were some inflection points. The first one was the disparagement of our judiciary. The second um, one was turning on his own ally. Um, it doesn't matter how much a Republican had supported him during the past four years, no matter how stalwartly conservative they were, if they deviated ever so slightly. From what Trump was trying to do after the election, he he threw them under the bus, and it would be as if there would be a a, a lynch mob forming to get them, whether it's an electronic lynch mob on social media or even people hounded in um, in public at at on uh, you know on at train stations sure, and, and in other look, I, facilities. I, I think people. the way I think the way Trump
2: uh, sees it, I'm, I'm no shrink, but you know just knowing human nature, you know he's looking at an opponent, Joe Biden. Uh, who couldn't draw 200 people to any rally he ever did. Uh, they, they had to be like here in Bucks County. It was invitation. You know, they sent out invitations for it. Uh, and then he had a virtual campaign, you know, from his basement, so to speak, in Wilmington, Delaware. And, uh, you know, and so he's running against the guy who can't draw anybody. And he's at all these rallies drawing, you know, 50, 60-year-old guys, truck drivers, and 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 blue collar guys, union guys, out in you know thirty degree weather, waiting for hours. Sometimes, as we found in in Wildwood uh, a year ago, Phil, you know, sometimes days ahead of time. And he just can't believe it. He just can't believe he didn't get more votes than Joe Biden. I think it's no more complicated than that. I don't think that he wanted to, you know, sweepingly, you know, reform or, or transfer America, fundamentally change america the way progressives
1: do he just you know can't believe he lost to that guy i suspect one thing dean i suspect that if biden had drawn those big crowds it wouldn't have mattered in trump's mind he still would have believed i couldn't have lost it had to be fixed yeah i disagree with that i think trump is a guy who who matters well Yeah. yeah i i get it but I just think that in his mind, and I don't know if it was you or Dean that just said it, this is a guy in business who will never say he failed, right? I just think that's how he's wired. That right. it's not. I didn't fail. Something had. There had to be a wrench in the gear somewhere that that didn't belong.
2: Right. right. And I, I wouldn't do that. He, yeah. It was this. Uh, it was this imaginary massive fraud. And like every, every election has some measure of fraud in it. We know that. Hey, uh, we changed the outcome of November, but, uh, you know, election month, not so much election day anymore, but election month, wouldn't have changed it. There are questions about what, uh, you know, the secretary of state in Pennsylvania did, you know, with her last minute instructions on how to count votes. And uh, certainly the partisan Democrat uh, PA Supreme Court. There are questions about that. Was it constitutional, not constitutional, remains to be seen. But would that have switched the outcome? No, it wouldn't have. I don't now, think Dean,
1: so. Now, Dean, you, you had said that, you know, his not respecting the, the, the rule of law, you know, rejecting rejecting the judge's decisions. Um, that was your line, yes? That was your that red was line? That was one
0: of the inflection points that I was discussing. The second one was turning on allies. The third one, which I was going to get to was um, the fact that I think his, his whole movement departed from the realm of reality in the last two months. Um, and much of what was pushed out there what was just sheer fantasy. And very, very unsavory people with very bad intent became close members of his inner circle and um it was, it was very discouraging for me to see people who i knew um falling for things that just clearly weren't true you know um you have this guy the my pillow guy was constantly at the white house you have michael flynn talking about instituting martial law in this country uh, you have lynn wood talking about the vice president getting lined up and shot by a firing squad these were all people who had the president's ear and it departed from the real world and I just felt like I just don't have any common ground with this anymore. And I wanted to talk people down from it, people I stood with, people who I like and respect. Do you, but do the you mentality think was as if they were on bath salts. It was it the, was not let me, you couldn't let me penetrate it. it. The, the point, percentage the point of the out.
2: Republican electorate Artie's QAnon nuts? And you know the guy with the horns and the fur hat. You know uh, what what percentage? I mean you. You were you were in behind closed doors with guys like this. I mean, it, it penetrated yeah. to 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 deep levels well, in a certain very deep level. How much? How much is it? A few thousand? Is it is it half of
0: them? You, well, first of all, you can't really put a label on QN on because it's not you know it's not a corporation. It's not like the NRA or the Sierra Club where you can pull the articles of incorporation or find the membership roles. QN on is really just a concept and you can even use it as an adjective. And it's essentially the mythology of, of, of this MAGA movement as it departed from really from the real world after the election. Right, yeah, and, it departed from and, reality, and, yeah. It, and, it and, and it became- But
2: how many of them whether, are there? What, what, what
0: well, the, you can't, you can't put numbers on it, it because they, the, for example, I'll give you some examples. There was a common uh, argument that was being advanced that uh, Dominion, Voting systems um, was somehow corrupted, and that they were flipping votes for servers first routed in Germany, then then in Italy, then also in China. These were fabrications; they were pure fabrications; they were not true. A lot of people who would never say that they believe QAnon did believe them. So it's you can't really put a, a a you know a number on the number of people that were following it or how many. The only thing I know is that. The anger and the rage that was stoked was based upon the fantasy world of QAnon. Whether people want to admit or not, QAnon was front and center. QAnon was tangential, totally, r- really, just an undercurrent of the Trump camp of of the Trump years until after the election. Then QAnon began calling the shots. And you know, if anybody wants to deny it, that's part of what QAnon does: it denies its own existence.
1: Dean, the, the point I was trying to make just a few moments ago: the line Sorry. that was drawn. Trump- the line, that's okay, the line that was drawn for you was was with the judicial system and how he he, right. he, he didn't believe it. Um, for some people, the line wasn't drawn until the insurrection, did that surprise you?
0: No, I, I, I mean, so first of all, when you constantly get people angry and you tell them over and over again that the rights were taken away, that their votes were nullified, that um, the election was stolen, and you have no further legal, peaceful, democratic recourse. The only logical outcome is is violence. So where this or is to, all going,
1: or, or to accept the reality—that's right, the or other. To
0: accept the reality, right? But if you're getting people angry based upon issues that have been litigated and decided against you, then you're not telling people to accept it. I I personally think, and I know a lot of people who went to the rally on on January the sixth were good people. I think that Trump was really sending two messages in two different frequencies to two different people. And they each heard different things. Most Trump supporters who I knew, the message they heard was come to another Trump rally in January 6th to keep faith with the president, He supported, But there was a significant number who were fired up angry and they were bent on the second American revolution. And they went down there with violence on their mind. Um, and it's not just the speech itself that was, you know, inciting people. It was two months of constantly throttling people, constantly throttling people. And, you know, these guys didn't just go to the Capitol with zip ties and combat gear because they wanted to have a protest. They went there to take prisoners. And depending upon how bad it would have gone, there could have been a lot more violence and a lot more bloodshed. So the only thing that really surprises me, not that it happened, but that it wasn't much worse.
2: Dean, when you uh, you, you talk to a lot of people in, in Bucks County, in the first district, the uh, Republicans, Um, What what is your sense? uh, Are they feeling betrayed by uh, by Donald Trump and what happened on January 6th and his role in that? Uh, uh,
0: I think if there are people who are feeling betrayed and feel similar to me, I think they're afraid to talk. I think they're afraid to to mention it. Um, The anger is on the side of of the people who are Trump absolutists right now. It's not an environment where you're free to speak your mind if you're a dissenting Republican. So right. um, I don't know. I think there are some, I think, you know, you saw that Senator Portman announced today that he's retiring. Um, people are just quietly stepping back. If they don't agree with where this is all gone, but I don't think there's a lot of people speaking out against it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are still 100% buying the argument that this country is gone. It's shot. It's what democracy is lost. It's been stolen by, um, by the democrats and progressives it's being run by china um and those are things that people believe Now, I maybe mean, cooling off period will get people to settle back down i think the best thing that yeah, people many, who believe yeah. that those spend an awful lot of
2: time on facebook and twitter and until you know big tech you know censored it parlor and phil had to step out for a bit so dean and i will carry on dean one more question uh where is the Republican party a year from today?
0: Well, do you mean locally or nationally
2: or both? Um, well, let's talk nationally because Trump is still out there. We don't know what he's gonna do. So, uh, you know, walk through that minefield. Give us your sense of what you think it's gonna be a year from now.
0: Well, I don't like to make predictions because they're often not true and as, as you know, so much can change politically by the day and week, let alone by the month or year. Um, yeah. But I think there's going to be a battle. There are the Trump absolutists in the party, and then there's pretty much everyone else. And um, I don't know that there's much room for coexistence between the two factions within the party. And nationally, we have very few swing districts left. So the the places where Republicans who are not Trump absolutists might be most vulnerable are in those very swing districts where their seat is so important. To fight to regain a majority so what there's really two scenarios that could happen i think one is that a lot of people who are identified as not being pro-trump enough will face primary challenges and there might be such a sense of anger and outrage that they might actually be defeated by by trump absolutists in the primary and then i think that would probably lead to a loss of the seat in the general election um the other uh, option is that maybe some of the harder cools off a little bit over the next few months. And um, maybe the Republican Party re- reaches some level of, um, of stability or homeostasis where um, people realize that you have to be able to compromise between um, moderates and people who appeal across the aisle and also the stalwarts. Um, I think in this coming year though, I think we're gonna be in the hurt locker. Um, I think that we're gonna see some seats lost um, even just in kind of obscure local races, because people are going to be angry about what happened um, on uh, January the sixth, and um, yeah, yeah it was, well, you yeah, know, the, the take it out.
2: What I've noticed as a reporter, you know, uh, thirty some years ago, uh, covering town councils uh, and school boards, uh, Republican Democrat didn't matter. Uh, it was a local level, you know, uh, township board of supervisors, borough councils, they collected the trash, kept the cops on the street, you know, streetlights on. And nobody even talked about party affiliation. But now you're seeing a change. You're seeing that become, you know, the country is so polarized in its politics that uh, both parties uh, are now, you know, no matter what the, uh, the office, uh, uh, a person is seeking their affiliation and their progressive or MAGA outlet uh, has really come into play, but that's another podcast. Dean, yeah. thanks a lot for, uh, for showing up and, and uh, dealing with the technical difficulties we had today. Uh, that is all the time we have for uh, the pod couple. Um, Thank you. Get our podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are posted and read our award winning content at our websites, including the Burlington County Times. We can't forget the BCT, a great little paper over there in Willingboro or West Hampton now. So for all of us here in the virtual newsroom in Levittown and on behalf of my colleague Phil John Picaro, I'm J.D. Mullane. Thanks for watching and listening, but especially thanks for reading.